Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me to Luke 18. Luke 18. And, um, you know, I had someone tell me this morning, man, your messages have been really timely. You know, I ministered on conquering faith, (laughs) victorious faith last week, didn't we? And, uh, well, that was timely. I'll be honest, uh, you know, maybe this is just my lack of awareness when it comes to media or news or, you know, I was not expecting what what we saw. I don't know how many were, but, um, you know, preparedness is very important, um, being prepared in in the natural sense and, uh, you know, having the things ready to go. I mean, we're watching those that were prepared uh, for this, how quickly they've been able to respond and how quickly they've been able to move. But you got to be prepared in the spirit. And so, you know, I I wasn't ministering last week knowing I'm not a fortune teller and obviously I'm not believing that we're even going to see the devastation that we see. But to minister a message like that leading up to what we saw, um, go back and listen to that message. Go back and listen to what victorious faith looks like. Uh, But we made it abundantly clear this is not avoiding trial. This is not looking for a detour. This is taking it head on and coming out on the other side. And many people, um, especially in in my circles, I'll be honest, in, in the word of faith circles that I come from, they struggle with the tension of, you know, trial and tribulation when struggle occurs and the whole, but I'm in faith, I'm standing, I'm believing, and, and, and I've watched them derailed in their own personal bodies and their finances or even when circumstances like this arise and, and being able to meet that head on and deal with that tension of I stood and I believed and I spoke. I was speaking to trees and I had one laying, you know, square on the backside of our house and I'm speaking to it authority. But this is where we're going to get into today. I'm going to minister to you on persistent faith. Because conquering faith has got to be paired with a persistent faith. We ministered on Joshua and Caleb last week, but I'll remind you, they wandered around for 40 years like everybody else. And they believed. They knew the word, didn't they? They spoke up and they said, quiet down. We are well able to overcome. Remember, they did not deny the problem. They did not, uh, you know, uh, counter respond with that and say, no, I didn't see any giants. I didn't, uh, there's no pressure. Man, we can take this. They were very much aware of the challenge ahead, but were at a resolve within to be persistent enough for 40 years persistent to say, I'm coming out on the other side. And Joshua and Caleb did take the land. And guess what? When they took the land, it wasn't handed over to them. They had to fight. They had to battle through some things. This is the side of faith that we've got to approach. And this is the side of faith that we've got to keep before people because most of us uh, are persistent up until the first trial. Or we push, everybody's got a limit. Everybody's got a threshold. And it's sad to say, persistence is usually something we apply more to the enemy than we do to believers. Because you have an enemy that is persistent. 
You have an enemy that's not giving up. You have an enemy that's not giving in. You have an enemy that's not backing down. You have an enemy that doesn't care if your pastor just preached on conquering faith on Sunday. He's going to slam your house with the storm on Wednesday. He doesn't care. We have an enemy that is coming at us full throttle. He knows his time is short. He knows the end is near. He knows if you discover who you are and what you have and who your God is, he is unstoppable. Or you are unstoppable and the gates of hell cannot prevail. But you're going to have to have a persistence with this thing, a resolve on the inside. In Luke chapter 18 and verse one, it says, then he spoke a parable to him that men always ought to pray, and here it is, not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Meaning, even in my praying, even in my standing, the thing that I have to work on, I don't have to work on the God side, I've got to work on the me side, that I don't lose my resolve and I don't lose my endurance and I don't lose the pressure that I'm applying to the enemy. Most of us are feeling pressure from the enemy, but I would like to ask, are you putting pressure on the enemy in the midst of it? You come in here singing and worshiping and lifting your hands and rejoicing and shouting like you just did in the midst of what you just went through or what you're still in. You're putting pressure. You're applying pressure on the throat of the devil, cutting off the circulation for him to continue to work against you. He's wanting to weaken your faith. He's wanting to throttle you. He's wanting to get you distracted. He's wanting you to begin to doubt and question. And it's gonna take a persistent faith that we do not lose heart. He said in verse two, there was in a certain city a judge who did not, feel, did not fear God nor regard man. And there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming, she weary me. We tend to get wearied by the devil, but we've got to start wearing him out. I said, we got to start wearing him out. I want to wear him out with my praise. I, I want him to, to, to kick at me and I respond with glory to God. Hallelujah. I am an overcomer. I am more than a con. And he's like, excuse me? I thought I'd just put it on you. And you're like, then you find two or three people to come worship with you. You, go, you always got to have a running buddy. Don't ever run by yourself. Get someone to run with you. Get and say, we're going together at this thing. We're charging together after this thing. We need the encouragement, amen? And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, and that's my prayer for our church and for our community, speedily, with speed. I had someone reach out to me and say, how can we be praying? And I, I had a list of things that we're believing for in our home and in our situation. And, and, and then the last thing I put was speed. We don't need this delayed. We don't need this prolonged. We don't need to be out displaced in hotels and Airbnbs and whatever else. We, we, this isn't vacation mode. We need to be in our homes and we need to be there speedily. Well, I'm believing that. Amen. Nevertheless, 
when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find faith on the earth? The Amplified uh, reads verse eight. I tell you that he will defend and avenge quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? So in the end, in the, in, in the end time, will he still find faith? Meaning, will you still be in faith? Not, I got in faith the moment he shows up, but I've had a prolonged faith, continued faith. The, the message translation reads, but how much of that kind of persistent faith will the son of man find on the earth, on the earth when he returns? The word persistent means this, defined Persistent means continuing firmly in a course of action. Continuing firmly in a course of action. But this is key. In spite of opposition, obstacles, or discouragement. Continuing firmly in a course of action in spite of opposition, obstacles, or discouragement, lasting or enduring, it means continued. It means continued. Opposites of persistent are apathy, lazy, lethargic, weakness, and I like this one, indifference. A lot, of, a lot of times believers end up in a place of indifference in situations and seasons like this, in moments where you're standing and you're believing, but you are getting more wore out by the devil day after day, bombarded. Anybody ever just been in a scenario where it just seems like one thing after another? Anybody ever been there? Can think of a, a, a situation where it's one thing after another, and they're not even all related. It's just like, it's just, all of a sudden, all these things popping up at one time. That, that happens. To the point where you lose even the desire. Not just the, the urgency or the effort, but even that it's like, I'm not even trying anymore. I don't even care anymore. It's almost you expect a negative phone call. You expect another report you expect. And this is where these, the, these spies got to. The, the, these 12 spies, they had already come across the Red Sea, but all they saw was the, the, the Pharaoh's army chasing them down. They saw water come out of a rock, but all they thought was how thirsty they were. They saw manna on the ground, but all they figured, all, all they thought was how hungry I was before that. That's why we said last week, where you fix your focus, you feed your faith. Because I can tell you, even in the miracle, even in the, you are gonna have to choose in these moments to reflect on the testimonies, to think on the goodness of God. And if you would just take time to just change and shift the perspective just a little bit, you can see God working. You can see God moving. The house, the, the, the tree came down, but it didn't break all the way through. I got someone immediately. It got clean. What, whatever, there is a testimony in the test. 
there is God moving and working on your behalf. And if he could do that with some grumbling and complaining Israelites, what could he do with a praising and rejoicing believer? What could he do if you just lift your eyes and lift your voice and lift your hands? If he can do that in the state they were in, he can sure respond when we acknowledge the good thing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all your ways. All of them. You can acknowledge God even in devastation. You can acknowledge God even. I reminded our worship team this morning as they were rehearsing Acts 16. Paul and Silas, they're not in church. They're not in a conference. They're not at a revival meeting. Huh? They're in the the bottom of the dungeon. They couldn't even lift their hands in, in stocks, feet and hands in stocks. We could do far more than that this morning. And they were praying and singing hymns. And they didn't have no, I trust in God, my Savior. They didn't even have you know, someone write it up for them. I don't know what they were singing. If they were hymns that they had or if it just they were just singing glory to God. Whatever they were doing. They were praying and singing. And not only were they set free, it set the whole jail free. Got the jailer set free spiritually. Isn't that amazing? It, it had a, a, a spiritual result on somebody's life. The jailer and his family. Whew. Yeah. Praise and worship can do something great, but we must be persistent. Jude chapter one, it's the only chapter, Jude one and verse three. Jude got jip. He got one, one chapter out. Either that or Jude's like, I don't know what y'all are taking so much time with. I got mine out in one chapter. What are y'all writing about over there? Bunch of long-winded people. Jude is a type A. Jude is... I don't need a bunch of chapters. In the message, it reads this way, verse three. Dear friends, I've dropped everything to write you about this life of salvation that we have in common. And I have to write insisting, begging, that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and cherish, that you fight with everything you have within you. That's persistence. That's, that's staying with it. That's not giving up and not giving in. Go to Mark chapter five. That is continuing, enduring, lasting. We've gotta have a consistency with this. We've gotta have a continuation and if I can just come in here uh, uh, four days after uh, devastation has hit our community and just remind us that this is not something that we just flip on and off. We've got to stay with this thing. It's not something that we do that's at the mercy of the external or, or, or the outside forces. This is something we stir up on the inside regardless of what the outside looks like. Then, then let's just pump and prime this thing, charge us and send us on our way. How many of you had to turn around a few times getting here this morning, figuring out which road's open, which one's closed? I tell you what, we'd go down a road, getting somewhere, go back the same way, and they already closed it up. It's like, man, y'all are quick with this thing. 
Y'all must have been right behind me closing that thing up. It's all a hassle and all these things wear and all these things become pressures and burdens. But in the midst, what do we have to be thankful for? What can we be grateful for? My wife and, and our boys are, are singing as trees are falling around us. We're picking which room to go to and guessing which tree's going next. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a freaky situation. And ours is light compared to, to many of y'all. But you make a choice in the moment. You make a choice in the moment. And that's our choice. And the enemy can't take that from you. I said, the enemy can't take that choice from you. In Mark chapter 5, we see a story of a woman who was persistent. Persistent in her faith. Persistent in her resolve. And sometimes, devastation can lower your persistency. But in this woman's case, devastation moved her to persistency. Meaning, I've got nowhere else to go. I've tried it all. I've done it all. I've paid the doctors. No one can do anything. I've only grown worse. Sometimes when you're at your wit's end, if you allow it to, that scenario can actually drive your faith up and say, I'm digging my heels in. I'm not giving in. And that's what I hope today that we can, we can stir up. In verse 21, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, she may be healed and she will live. Now, Jairus is talking to Jesus. What do we call that? Prayer. It's communication with God, right? Communication with the Father. Now, how many times have we communicated with the Father in that manner, begging earnestly? Please come, heal this situation. Please come, move on my behalf. Please come. And so he's, this is, this is a prayer, asking Jesus to come. And Jesus went with them and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now we just learned in our first passage in Luke 18 that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Remember that. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when she heard about Jesus, I hope today you hear Come on, about Jesus. You hear 
about his goodness. You hear about how you can trust in him. You hear that even when you don't feel like it and even when it doesn't look like it and even when it doesn't sound like it, he's working, he's moving. He's the miracle worker, the promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is, I hope that you hear that today because if we don't hear it, our faith can't be strengthened. It all began by hearing something for this woman. It was the rumbles. Hey, there's a man around town. Hey, there's a guy that just showed up. I hear over town, over, over across the lake there, he was, he was healing blind men and healing lame people and casting out demons. This guy shows up with power, great power and great authority. Uh, the way that he speaks and the way that he, he, the way that he talks is just different. It, she's, she's just hearing this. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So right there we see three acts that she had. She heard, she said, and she touched. The hearing led to the saying. And the saying led to the activation, the, the acting upon the word that she heard. If I may, and this is crazy because she took her faith to a whole nother level because we don't have another record of anybody just merely touching Jesus. But she said, I believe if I could just touch his garment. Whether she said that out of fear because she's not supposed to be in public with her condition. Whether, whether she, she's uh, saying that out of fear of, of I don't want to be noticed, I don't want to be found, which we do find out later, Jesus turns around and asks, who touched me? And she came trembling in fear, right? So there was a point of her that, 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 that she derived this, I believe if I just touched, in whatever condition I can make it to Jesus, I believe that he can heal my situation. I believe that he can move on my behalf. And again, she's at this point because she's got nowhere else to go. But it took some persistence. I don't believe at all that for one second that this was just a, a, a fly-by-night idea, last-ditch effort, nothing else worked, I might as well. I think there was some, because she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up immediately. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. See, he had his power go out too. Jesus can endure it, we can endure it too. All right, that's, that's the awful joke for the day. Tried to raise the, just give you something to laugh about, man. I mean, you know, we love our power. But his power went out and went in. It said immediately, power went out of him. Immediately, she felt the fountain of her blood dry up. And he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? Meaning not everybody was accessing the power that was in Jesus. You know, we make these statements and I'm, I, I love it. 
I love the idea. The presence of God changes everything. The presence of God changes everything. Well, you know, that's not the case. It's a yielded person that connects to that power, that draws on that power, believes in that power. There's another instance where Jesus was in a house and it was full, so full that they had to cut the roof out and drop a man. Y'all remember that story? And Jesus said when he saw the faith of the man and his friends, he could visibly see their faith to the level that they were willing to cut a hole in a roof and drop him down. But earlier in that verse, it says the, the power to heal was present. But you know who else was in that room? It was a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees, a bunch of doubters and naysayers just looking to tempt Jesus. Just, they weren't there to draw on the power. You got a multitude of people thronging Jesus, meaning they're, they're physically making connection with him in this crowd, but only one received the power because one came in faith. Because, there, there, see, this is the difference between pressing and persisting. Pressing just puts you in the proximity of it, but persisting says, I'm not leaving without. It's a difference. He was being pressed by many, but only one that persisted said, I'm getting what I came for. I'm not leaving the same way. And so his disciples said, you know, you got people all around you and you say, who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, my power has made you well. Wait, what? Did I read that wrong? Daughter, your faith. Hmm. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. It's your faith connecting to his power. It's your faith, your ability to believe, your ability to stay in faith. We can preach about conquering faith and victorious faith and talk about going into the promised land. And, but, but what happens when that plan is derailed and there's 40 years in between there? What happens when, when, when you believe in, we're going in, we're taking this thing, we're conquering, and the opposite happens? The persistence. Persistence. Well, if you remember, we actually started this story with somebody different. We opened up with a man named Jairus. And he came begging earnestly of Jesus, what? Come and heal my daughter. She's at the point of death, meaning not dead yet. There's still life. While he was still speaking, verse 35, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Now what do we do there? You prayed. Jairus prayed. Was his faith not as strong as the one with the issue of blood? Was it God's will to heal her but not his daughter? And honestly, if 
Jesus hadn't stalled and just kept on running this thing, maybe we make it to the house. But now you're distracted, detoured. You're thankful for this miracle in this lady's life, but what about my miracle? We're on the way to my miracle. I haven't seen. We got to get there before this happens. And now Jairus is going to have to learn something about persistent faith. A faith that remains even if it goes the opposite direction. Not a faith that only stands as long as I get everything I was praying for and believing for, as long as it happens in my time, as long as he does it exactly how I thought he was gonna do it. Now, now we're talking about a persistent faith that all men always ought to pray and endure, outlast, see it through to the end, not lose heart. Because while he was still speaking, they came, said, your daughter is dead. That's the exact opposite of what he prayed for. As soon as Jesus heard the word, you ever notice in just in this passage, how many times it's as soon as or immediately or in that very moment, you ever notice those things? And a lot of times what we want is the miracle as soon as. The miracle immediately. The miracle in that very moment. But you know what else you gotta do as soon as? It says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler, do not be afraid, only believe. Only believe. Believe what? Believe that the first thing you asked me for before this occurrence took place, will still be possible. That you'll still see the answer to the first thing. Now remember, Jairus came asking that you could heal her before she dies. The situation has changed a bit. The situation has gone backwards, not forwards. We have not progressed. It's gotten worse. I believed that you could heal her if you make it there before she dies. I don't know if I have the faith to believe that you can raise her from the dead. Now, what do you do when what you prayed for and believed for got worse and now you have to change your prayer altogether? Huh? I mean, I know no one here's ever been through anything like that, but Jairus has. He asked, heal my daughter before she dies, and now she's died. It's gotten worse. And Jesus says, do not be afraid, only believe. It says that he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. That's persistent faith. Persistent faith is looking ridiculous when you know what you're about to go back home to doesn't deserve a shout and a praise and a song and a dance. 
and your hands lifted up and a trust in God in spite of everything that's occurred. And knowing that my, my prayer may not automatically pull that thing off my house and automatically, but I'm standing in faith believing. I'm standing in faith believing that the outcome, the end, well, Pastor Mark, it didn't turn out. We're not done yet. What if Jairus quit right there and said, sorry to bother you, master. Apparently it's gotten so bad. I prayed, I believed, I trusted that if you could get there in time, sorry to bother you. I'll just go plan the funeral. But Jesus said what? We're not done yet. Now, I mean, I don't know about you, but death is pretty final. I mean, Lazarus is dead. Four days dead. And Jesus made the statement, this will not end in death. So this is what you got to remember. Just because it ended in death doesn't mean it's over. Because we serve a God that's in the resurrection business. We serve a God that's in the restoration business. We serve a God that's in the redemption business. It's what he does. He doesn't just, uh, you know, take care of things right up to the edge. And then if it passes away, if it dies, and we're not even just talking physically, we're talking about any situation in life. He can resurrect it. It doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean it's over. This is where you have to believe he's still working. It's where you have to believe he's still moving. It's where you have to believe that in our minds, it looks like it's over, it's done with, move on to the next thing, just pass that thing up. But how is God still using it? Some of us have believed for loved ones to live and we buried them anyways. But I would ask, how is God using it? How is God still getting glory from it? How is God showing himself mightily in it? Because in this world, you'll face trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And if you're just zoned in on, I prayed that he could make it before she died, and now she's dead, so I guess I didn't get the answer to my prayer, so I guess I move on to the next thing. And Jesus is saying, well, we're not done with this scenario here. In fact, I wonder, I just wonder if Jesus knew that this miracle with the woman with the issue of blood and her persistence could show Jairus what to do with his situation now. That maybe what you thought was a detour and a derailing and a slowing of the process, you actually learned something from that moment that you can now apply to the situation. Because chances are they weren't gonna make it there in time anyways. And so, you've got to be in a position where you stand, you persist. What else do you got to persist against? In verse 40, it says this, and they ridiculed him. We said this last week with victorious faith. Victorious faith is not intimidated by those of weak faith or no faith. And it seems almost always, and sometimes it's surprising who it is, that when you're standing in faith for something, there will be somebody, sometimes even with good intentions, 
that will say things that will derail what you're believing in. They'll give you the, well, if it's his will. Maybe he's trying to teach you. And they're good-hearted people. A lot of times they're looking out for you. We've been there. We've been in those situations. Family members, they love us. They care for us. But our test of faith required a certain response, a certain crowd. It says here that they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, (laughs) Uh, that's what Jesus does with ridiculing. That's what Jesus does. Loving Jesus. The Jesus that pets sheep. Let's the children come sit at his feet while he's teaching. And he said, get out. He says, excuse me? Are you with the family? All right, mom, dad, Peter, James, John, everybody else, hang out here. That's Jesus. That's what he does. He took the father and the mother of the child, those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. And then he took the child by the hand, said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Spoke directly to the situation. Notice he didn't even ask God anything. Right? They asked, Jairus asked him, but Jesus with the authority spoke directly to the situation. He didn't go and say, all right, Heavenly Father, I need you to intervene here. We've got a problem. It's gotten worse. This guy was trusting me to heal his daughter. Now she's died. He spoke directly to the situation. Now, do you think when Jesus said she's just sleeping, do you think that He's dumb? You think he's ignorant? Do you think that that he's just putting on a show? Or do you believe that he's speaking by faith and saying, just as she would rise from sleep, she will rise from the dead? No, he knows the situation. He could be compassionate. Understand this this father's plight. I I mean, imagine you're the dad. And you get that report. And you're trusted in this guy to heal your daughter, and now she's dead. Jesus is compassionate to that, but what does he say? Do not be afraid. Only believe. Why? Because it's not over yet. And that's what I'm here to tell you this morning. It's not over yet. Regardless of what it looks like. I told one individual that came over to our house, I said, yeah, you know, that's fun to preach conquering faith, victorious faith. And then three days later, this is what you're dealing with. Well, Pastor Mark, you had conquering faith. Why did that tree land on your house? Conquering faith. Why did the hurricane still blow through here? That's what weak people say. That's what religious people say. 
That's what people who don't know the heart of their father say. I'm not up here to cheerlead. I'm not up here just to give you a, a, a good, supportive message so you can keep coming back and keep bringing your money here. That's not what we're here to do. I'm here giving you the truth of the word. And there are times you stand in faith and it goes backwards. And now you've got to persist. You've got to push. And you've got to do not be afraid. Only believe and get the commotion out. People will ridicule you when you come in here and you're praising and you're worshiping God and not boohooing and crying and asking God to, to intervene on your plight. But I'm still taking authority. I'm saying this will happen. and That will not take place. And this will happen. I'm not going to compromise my faith over an event. That's an event. What can I thank God for? We're all safe and sound. No life was lost. You know, there was three kinds of, you know, major storms in the Bible. You got Jonah. Storm came because of rebellion. You got Jesus. Well, you got two with Jesus walking on the water and when he was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Said, peace be still. And the storm what? Stopped. And then you got Acts chapter 27 with Paul when he's a prisoner on the boat. Let's him know, hey, we're gonna lose everything. It's not a good time to go. And they said, man, what do you know? You're a prisoner. We're going out anyways. And they lost everything, but they didn't lose one life. Just different scenarios and different situations. But the common denominator in all of it is faith. Now, again, if it's rebellion, it's rebellion. Rebellion is actually one of the easiest ones because all it takes is obedience. Brother Hagin said, don't take me, it takes long to obey. It took me about 10 seconds to get willing and obedient. It doesn't take long. When, when you realize, man, I messed up, it takes that quick to watch heaven open up. But then you got trials and tribulations that are just part of being in a lost and dying world. Satan is the God of this world. And then you've got some called persecutions. Persecutions come because of the word, the Bible says. It means I, this is happening in my life because I obeyed. Paul has a lot of those. Because I went to the town, because I didn't quit, because I didn't be quiet, because I didn't stay silent, now you're gonna, Incur some opposition. But Paul said this, the Lord saw me through all of it. He said he saw me through every one. If it was my rebellion, if it was trials and tribulations, or if it was persecutions, the Lord will see you through it. Jairus saw ultimately the answer. Ultimately the answer. Did it happen in his timing? No. Did it happen the way he thought? No. Worship team, if you come. Man, right on the dot, 12 o'clock. I'm getting good at this. I'm figuring it out. He's working on your behalf. I sought the Lord, and he answered. That's why I trust him. Your trust is what's at stake in this moment. That's what we're after. Keep the faith. I said, keep the faith. Go ahead and stand up with me. I want to do this song again.
Because the enemy's after, he, 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 he may have got your house, he may have got your stuff, he, 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 he may have some damage, but now he's after your faith. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't steal or kill or destroy. He's wanting to do all of it. I will steal and I will kill and I will destroy. And he wants the effects to be long lasting. But you can make a decision right now in this moment, this morning. Persistent faith. Keep the faith. That's why I trust in God. That's why I trust in him. He's persistent. Will you? The devil keeps coming. Will you keep standing? The devil keeps speaking. Will you talk back? As soon as, as soon as, don't delay. Today, if you haven't done this already, today, you start declaring what you wanna see out of all this. You start speaking restoration over your home. You start speaking better than it was before. They're gonna remodel that thing that you've been wanting to take care of this whole time anyways. You're gonna get the car you really wanted the first time. No payment. See, she's already speaking. No payment. Can the Lord provide? Can the Lord restore? Can the Lord redeem? That's why I trust Him. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.